Marina. Yes. How are things going with your new house? Um, it's really good. We're trying to pick paint colors for one of the rooms right now. We're deciding between like a really light pink or like a dark pinky purple. What is that called? Like mauve. But I'm leaning towards really light pink. Hmm. Hear me out. What if you what if you do something that's about 50 shades darker? I'll look into it. I love it. You can't handle the truth. Okay, welcome back to the good, the bad, the movies. I'm going to use my NPR voice, I think, the whole time. <laughs> um, it's Alex and Marina, and we're back for your April Fool's Day second annual movie. April and, Fool's. Yeah. And Marina, Marina, I have some questions for you. All right, I'm ready. Um, do you like cringing for two straight hours? I... I did quite a bit in this movie, yes. Do you like the world's most painful acting? Also enjoyed it, yes. Um, and do you like creepy relationships? Not my favorite, but don't hate it. Well, I mean, you don't like those things, but I still have a movie <laughs> I want to tell you. <laughs> We I'm here for and, it. We watched and made Brandon and Lucas watch the second installment of the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise, which is called Fifty Shades Darker. Ooh. Um, we're supposed to talk about what we're drinking, but I'm drinking water. I am also drinking water. It is one o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm not going to drink a beer, even though it is our yeah. spring break, so I could. Oh, you're on spring break this week. I'm so jealous. I was seeing everybody in Missoula's spring break pictures last week, and I was just like dying the whole time. Yeah, ours is different than everybody else's for no reason, but that's okay. Um, at least you have one. I'm here nice still struggling. <laughs> but so for our first day of spring break, I made Lucas watch this movie. He pretended to watch it, but was actually just watching March Madness while I was watching it. So <laughs> he he was not actually watching. Brandon, I do have a couple of quotes, though. Okay. Brandon was like, I don't know if he was actually very into it, but he was so over the top with like trying to get me to quote him. So this will be interesting. I mean, like did the script and while I was taking notes Lucas was like sort of paying attention so one of the quotes I have is him like absolutely not watching the movie <laughs> but just talking about March Madness while I was like really focused on the movie so but we'll get to it but okay well before we get there I will tell you a little bit about it okay so I have a, a lot less background than the last time because I told everybody a lot about all the connections with Twilight in the first one. Because yes. I was just fascinated by the fact that it was a Twilight fan fiction. 
And I still can't is, believe that. I'm. I think after we do our our third our third installment, that we just keep going because I'm convinced they're going to do this forever. So this is going to be seven years down the road. But that I'm convinced there's going to be that many episodes. But yeah. then we have to do we have to go back and do the Twilight movies because they're just as cringy as the Fifty Shades. That would be really good. Yesterday when we were watching the movie, Brandon was talking about what we're going to do after we do the third one. And he said we should do 365 days. But since this is a Twilight fan fiction, that would be good, too. I don't know if I can do 365 days and still have it. <laughs> it's, it's so much worse than this movie. <laughs> yeah. Apparently um, there's like four of them now. But I mean, yeah, we don't need to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well 50 shades darker is the second installment of three 50 shades of gray movies and this one is directed by james foley who i believe lucas told me lucas helped me write the script because i'm a mess but the director of these movies is was married to the author of the book weird Mm -hmm. what a like random connection Mm -hmm. he's directed a couple movies i've actually never heard of any of them and i'm pretty sure lucas is probably screaming at me from the other room because i feel like some of these really (laughs) are like movies people have heard of but he directed at close range in 1986 james foley did glenn gary glenn ross in 1992 fear in 1986 the Corrupter in 1999, Perfect Stranger in 2007, and then Fifty Shades Breed in 2018. Never heard of any of them other than but obviously the Fifty Shades one. Don't they all sound like they're like vaguely familiar a little bit in a way? Yeah. Like you should you should have heard of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then. Oh, maybe it's maybe it's the husband who wrote the script. I don't know. The husband is involved somehow, but I didn't write it when I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> um, so the, the screenplay was written by Niall Leonard, who did Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades Breed, and then three movies I've never ever ever heard of called Air Force One is Down, <laughs> Wild at Heart, and Wire in the Blood. Sound like they probably weren't box office hits. <laughs> I've never heard of literally any of those. Yeah, me either. Um, and then our second movie looks very similar to the first one, but we do have some new characters. It's starring still Dakota Johnson as Anastasia Steele and Jamie Dornan as Christian Grey. But yes. it's also starring Eric Johnson, Rita Ora, Luke Grimes, Victor Rasek, and Kim Bassinger. Okay. I have actually, like, recognized a lot of those names, but, like, when I was watching the movie, I didn't recognize any faces. So that's weird. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, they're, they're definitely feel like they are actors that are, like, in a lot of movies, but, like, yeah. side characters in a lot of movies. Yeah. Like, not, they're not the main, they're never, like, the main attraction of any movie, but they're always there. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, so we do have some new characters, but still just focuses on the same, too. Um, the plot of this movie says Christian and Anna decide to rekindle their relationship 
except this time there are no more rules or punishments. As they begin to get focused or begin to, begin to get used to their newfound relationship, Christian's past begins to haunt Anna as Christian struggles with his innermost thoughts. So there's a lot of like, The past coming back to haunt you, trauma y weirdness going on. Yes. There were, we'll get into it, but there were a lot of like wild, random, unnecessary <laughs> plot lines from his past. I felt like this movie was, I definitely, like, it felt like a sequel, but it's weird that there's a third one because all of this stuff definitely feels like. It would be in the third movie where they're like they like ran out of stuff to put in it and so they're just yeah. like putting all of the craziest shit into one movie. Well they did yeah. it for this one and then they still made a third one. Yeah, I'm curious to see in a year when I watch the third one <laughs> what like what will happen. Well you've kind of told me, but it was interesting watching this one. I had to try to remember everything that happened in the first because I mm-hmm. hadn't watched it since last year. And then it just piecing it all together, plus all the wild plot lines. I was just like, yeah, this is real. so hard to follow. For real. Even, like, having seen them before, there were so many. I know I texted you, like, a hundred times. I was like, oh, my God, I literally, like, don't remember any of this stuff happening. Like, I 100% was like, I definitely thought over half of the things that happened were from the third movie. Yeah. So it'll be interesting next year to see what actually happens in the third movie. Because by then I'll actually not remember at all. It'll all be a new experience. Yes. But, okay. So the history. Oh my god! Almost knocked over my lunch. Oh no. That would have been super fun. tragic. And I would have had to call Luke. I would have had to call Lucas back after I shoot him away. <laughs> okay. The history of this movie says. Oh, we talked about this a little bit. Universal Pictures and Focus Features secured the rights to the trilogy in 2012, and Universal is the film's distributor. The first book of the series was adapted into a film by the same name and came out in 2015. Um, I'm going to skip all of the production stuff because I don't think you care. I'm going to be honest. I don't. In, 2000, in, the two, in 2014, the producer of the first film said that at that point, there were no plan, no real plans to make a sequel. So they almost just made the first one, but then didn't make the other one. But then after the first film per- premiered at a special, special fan screening in New York City, the director announced that the sequels of the other two would also be adapted. And this one was released in 2016. Um, on March... 25th 2015 the director of the first movie left the franchise and we talked about this like it was a whole shit show because all of the things that she did the author hated remember so yep. they like yep 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 had a super super hard time like figuring out what they actually wanted to do with the first movie um and so they had to find a new script writer and a new director and so on April 22nd in 2015, E.L. James's husband, there it is, it is in here. Her husband, <laughs> Niall Leonard, her husband, Niall Leonard, wrote the script for the sequel. And then the Universal Pictures chair, Donna Langley, told Hollywood Reporter that the second installment would be more of a thriller. Um, 
I guess I could kind of see it as a thriller, but like I would not classify it as a thriller. It's not like a not like a straight up thriller. No. Like I was never I was never one on the edge of my seat because it was all just too cheesy to be on the on the it edge was, of your seat. Yeah, it was so bad. So bad. <laughs> like the like far worse than the first one. Yes. But okay, then Rita Ora comes back to reprise her role. She actually got to have a song in the second movie, even though she's mostly like a singer and was acting in this movie. In the first movie, they didn't have her on the soundtrack at all, even though she's like primarily a pop artist. But she's in the secret. She's in the soundtrack for this one. Um, and then James Foley was hired on to direct the second film and the third film. I was going to ask if since everything went down with the first movie, if the new person did the second and the third mm-hmm. well and they he directed both sequels and they were shot back to back so they were both oh. shot at the same time oh that makes sense why if you watch the credits i don't know if you did or not i just scrolled through them because i didn't want to watch all of them but there's a preview for the third movie in the middle of the credits of the second movie oh. but if they were filmed back to back that makes sense like why they already had that film mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, how did this happen? But that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And then the last of the history is that Dakota Johnson and Jamie Jordan were confirmed to return for both sequels, which makes sense because if they weren't, then they would not be able to do the movies, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can you get out? Oh, this is actually very surprising. Can you guess the what the budget is for this movie? Ooh, budget. Um, I'm so bad at this, and I don't have Brandon to ask for comparison numbers. Um, okay, budget, 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 budget. Uh, seven million. <laughs> I have the no idea. Was... Oh, it was actually more. I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be way less than the first one. The budget for the movie was fifty-five million dollars. Okay. And for the first one, it was $40 million. And I expected the first one to be way more because they felt like the first movie was more like, they like focused more in the first movie on making it like so polished looking. Yes. Like yeah. everything was very like sharp edges and like very sharp. Like it wasn't a black yeah. and white movie, but it was like very, the black and whiteness of it was like very stark, which yeah. I feel like they spent a lot of money to do it. But the budget was more for this one is 55 million dollars hmm. it also feels like the first one had like way more stuff in it if that makes sense yeah. like this one I feel like it was like just at his apartment or like just mm-hmm. I don't know it didn't feel like there was like as much yeah but, they weren't like okay. traveling all over in helicopters yeah and... yeah all of so the, I'm convinced all of the extra money was just spent on like the big fancy parties that his parents kept throwing. Yeah. And maybe the actors, like since it was a sequel, they're like, if we're coming back, we want more money. Maybe. I don't know. But mm-hmm. as usual, I was way off for budget. Um, and box office, how much do you think it made during the opening weekend? Okay, wait, tell me again what the budget was. 55? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess it, like, at least doubled it. Because I remember when this came out and everybody, like, at our age at the time was, like, obsessed with it. So I'm just going to guess 100 million. 
the opening weekend, it only made $46 million. Oh, my God. Then, I'm doing terrible. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I absolutely would have expected. But the U.S. and Canada total is more. What do you think that was? Uh, 80, 80 million. It was 114 million. So you were a lot of course. <laughs> of course. And then, and Usual. then, world, what do you think the worldwide was box office? Uh, I don't. Well, I guess there's like Europe and stuff. I don't feel like this made a ton of money outside of the US. We'll just say 125 million. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad. <laughs> and the, the 381 million. <laughs> that that's fine. It's fine. I'll accept it. So it did make a lot worldwide. So it did make a pretty good profit. I don't feel I as know. embarrassed with my answers when you're here as the boys, because I, no, I you won't roast I me like they will. One I suck <laughs> so bad, then like I don't. I swear, I literally just don't understand money. And so I'm like, no. I don't know. That's probably, that costs like $10. Like, yeah. fine. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't have a concept. Oh, no. I don't have a concept of, like, how much things actually cost. No, especially in large amounts. Mm-hmm. Like, when people tell me large numbers of money, I, my brain can't compute. <laughs> um... Uh, last year I made you read the tagline and now oh. I might have to read the tagline. Can you hold it up to the screen? Or can, maybe I could Google it really fast. Yeah, I can text it to you too. Okay, text it to me really fast. I'll, I'll, okay, hold on. Hold Wait, on. Let me is look. that going to mess everything up? I'll just Google No, I don't it. think so. Oh, got it. <laughs> I hate that. Okay. Well, there's our technically tag... two. There's technically two. So if you read that one, I'll read the other one. Okay. Our first tagline of the day. Slip into something a shade darker. Yeah. <sighs> hurt your so, soul. Ugh, so gross. <laughs> the second one. The second one is every fairy tale has a dark side. I I also like that one. You do? I was gonna say I like yours better. They're both really, really bad, but it's like which one's less bad? (laughs) (laughs) I think I think the I think yours just well it has like part of the title in it, but I think it just like really fits with like I literally spent the whole movie just like uh, mm-hmm. like, just like yeah the entire yeah it was so bad but okay so we got through all the background now we can get into our our cats back okay what are we gonna call them oh <laughs> okay wait try again <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> okay, okay, go. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Anna. You made it. Jose, 
like so m much of my face in here. But if I had asked, you would have been like, I'm too shy. Yeah. But you, it's my best stuff. It's so. Do you like them? They're super large. Okay, now we're into okay. our, uh, our back. What did we call him? We called him like fuck facts. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I was trying to decide what we were gonna call them today, and I the only thing I could think of was sex facts. Like darker facts. Wait. Mm. <gasps> Fifty facts darker. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Okay. Uh -huh. yeah. Better okay. than fuck facts. <laughs> <laughs> there was just there was no this one has a little, this one's like a little catchier. The title of this movie is a little catchier. It's easier to get, to get ideas from. But yeah, there was just no, we had nothing to work with on the, on the first one. Yeah. There, there was no chance. No. But okay, no, I like 50 facts darker. We're going to go with that. Okay, uh, ready. Okay, we talked about this for a little bit, but. The screenwriter Niall Leonard is married to the author of the book series, E.L. James. Um, and I I like that, actually, because I think it made a lot of sense because everybody, like, hated E.L. James when they were making the first one because she wanted it to, like, stick so closely to the book. Mm. And so no one, like, wanted to work with her because they wouldn't let, she, like, wouldn't let them do anything. Interesting. So I think it makes sense that, like, her husband wrote the screenplay for this one. Yeah, because he's going to be willing to listen to her if he's married to her. Mm -hmm. um, the second one is uh, Anna's character says, I expect you to call me Anna. I don't expect you to fetch me coffee unless you're getting some for yourself. And um, the rest will just make up as we go along. And the fact with that is Melanie Griffith, Dakota Johnson's mother, said the exact same line in the movie Working Girl from 1988. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I kind of um, like that, actually. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. I always forget that Dakota Johnson is, like, like has famous parents. She's I like had a no idea. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they all? Um, yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie Dornan jokes that he didn't like doing too many scenes with co-star Eric Johnson who plays Jack Hyde, his romantic rival in the film, because he said that Johnson is too tall and doesn't make him look good. <laughs> that Which really... Like, it really seems like something his character, like that Christian Grey yeah, would have. Yeah, I think that it was, like, really fitting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Sam Taylor Johnson, who directed the first Fifty Shades of Grey, refused to even consider returning for the sequel. She cited frequent clashes with the author E.L. James, who had received final approval on everything from the studio as a source of much frustration. She was replaced by James Foley, who stated to have a great relationship with the author and therefore returned for the second sequel, which is Fifty Shades Freed. Hmm. So the first director was, was not coming back. She said no. Yeah, thanks. hard pass. Um, in the scene after Christian's helicopter goes down, when they're all watching the news in Christian's apartment, you see E.L. James walking in the background behind the reporter for the news, for the news. 
So she makes the author makes a cameo in the in the sequel. I love when people make cameos in their movies, except I never know because I never know what they look like. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what she looks like. I always just expect her to be like really odd looking because her book is based on a fan fiction of Twilight. Like that's just like not to like use the same thing over and over again, but like all sorts of different shades of like geeky that like get to that point. Yeah. Yep. But okay. Um, after receiving backlash that clean-shaven Jamie Dornan wasn't sexy enough as Christian Grey in the first movie, the producers decided that he could keep his stubble for the sequels. In my notes, I think I wrote twice that Christian Grey looks significantly hotter with facial hair than he did without the facial hair. Yes. And they even bring it up at one point, not like directly, but, um... Anastasia says something about his face. Isn't it like, yeah, isn't it like the first time they kiss? Yeah. Yeah. And she talks about like how stubbly it is or something. Yeah. I didn't write it down, but. Well, Jamie Dornan, oh, no. like in real life. But... <laughs> I'm back. Sorry, Marina's headphones came on. Yeah. Just ripped the cord out of my headphones. <laughs> um Jamie Dornan in real life A is like he's Irish like he has a really heavy accent mm-hmm. and B like usually in real life has like a big giant beard like he's hardly ever huh. clean shaven so I think it was probably like nice for him too because I don't think he ever like in real life is clean shaven yeah I'm gonna google what he looks like with a big beard but keep going um let's see nominations for this movie um it was nominated for a grammy for best song written for visual media which is crazy that it was nominated for a grammy because i actually had completely forgotten that it existed the like i don't want to live forever by zane and zane from one direction taylor swift until i heard it on on the movie because i was like wow this movie this song was so popular when it first came out and i literally have not heard it in like three years yeah wait when did the song play uh when they're on the um yacht oh okay Hmm. and it's yeah so it's like it's taylor swift and uh zane from one direction and it was i thought like was surprised that I like had completely forgotten it and hadn't heard of it in a long time because I thought it was like way better than the Ellie Golding song for the from the first one. Yeah. That was Love Me Like You Do that still plays on the radio like seven yeah. times a week. You still and hear it, that song. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nominated that song was nominated for a Grammy for best song written for visual media. It was no, also nominated for a Razzie for the worst movie <laughs> of the year. Um, it was nominated for it was nominated for a lot of Razzies. It won the Razzie for the worst sequel. Um, Kim Basinger who plays Kim Basinger who plays Elena Lincoln won the Razzie for worst supporting actress. 
And it was also nominated. It was nominated for worst lead actor and worst lead actress. Oh no! (laughs) Nominated for one really good award for music and like eight thousand awards for being shitty. Yeah, and the good award, like, like you said, was for music. It wasn't even for like the movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. I think those are all my my 50 facts darker. I didn't actually have 50 facts, which is kind of sad. Had I known. (laughs) We should have come up with it beforehand. Hours. We would just be doing facts and it would be hour three. It would have been longer than when Seth is on. Lucas was Lucas was like super excited, not excited because he was like sad because Seth wasn't on. But the one time Seth was uh, was gone, he was like, "Oh my god, we were done in under two hours." Brandon was like so excited too when he was. I was sitting next to him when he finished editing, and he was like, "Yes, even with editing, only an hour fifty <laughs> seven." Yeah, I don't. I mean. Seth would probably have good insight for this movie, but sadly, he's not here, so. Yeah. Did you make him watch it, too? No, I was just telling Brandon the other day, I actually haven't seen Seth in a really long time. He, like, hasn't been over in a while, so he did not watch with us. I feel like it would have been really fun to watch with him because he'd have really funny commentary. (laughs) Yeah, you would have had so many good quotes. Yeah. We uh, tried to get him to come over, but he was busy. But, okay, well, that's all for my that's all for my fact. So now okay. we can get into the best movie you've seen all year, and <laughs> what happened. Can't wait. Um. Okay. So the movie begins, and it is definitely like I get what they're saying that they wanted to make it into a thriller because it starts with like a very traumatic like flashback nightmare yes of this of like a little boy and it's christian's dream so you assume that it's christian of like a little boy hiding under the table while two adults in the room are screaming at each other and then the man that was screaming at the woman like is walking towards the boy while he's hiding under the table and rips it up and has like a lit cigarette and it's like clear that something bad's gonna happen and then christian wakes up so that's the beginning of the book that's the beginning of the movie so you can definitely feel that it's like you know that like christian's like weird i'm 50 shades of fucked up past (laughs) from the first movie (laughs) is gonna come into play in the second movie yeah and i was trying to remember right away even like did we talk about this in the first movie like but I was pretty sure that we didn't learn. We didn't learn about that in the first movie. We only learned about the Mrs. Robinson. And mm-hmm. then as we got into the movie, I realized like, okay, we did not learn about this. We're learning about mm-hmm. it now. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's how we start. That's our first case of a Christian getting back into the movie. But then we go forward into Anna like in her apartment and somebody knocks on the door with like eight bazillion white roses and is congratulating her on a new job. And we can basically discern that they're from Christian 
and she immediately goes to throw them away. So we know that they're still broken up, like they're still not together. So then my initial thing was like, okay, well, what the fuck? Like, if they're not together, why do you know she has a new job? Why are you sending flowers to her apartment? Like, yeah, it looks like she has a new apartment. So why do you know her address? Like, yeah, yeah. why are you still being creepy stalker? Yeah, (laughs) like your people are still following her. Yeah, so she gets these flowers and she goes to throw them away and then decides, no, these are like 8 billion beautiful, probably like $300 worth of roses. So I guess I won't throw them away. So she doesn't throw them away and she goes to her new job at a publishing company. And lo and behold, she is the hot assistant for the super hot boss, Jack. Yep. Who like right away to me was like super hot boss like kind of creepy right off the bat he's like obviously you can like tell that like the he's minute like, he comes in the minute he comes in that you know that that's the plot line for yeah like you yeah yeah creepy in that way that you're like all right yeah. i already know what's happening well you already know that something is going to happen he obviously thinks she's very attractive yeah um let's see she obviously. Oh, I said she definitely, like, you can tell that, like, that's exactly what I said. I was like, you can tell that, like, she has very, like, quiet, sweet assistant has affair with the hot boss vibe. Like, you can, yes. like, very much, like, girl next door assistant going to sleep with the boss kind of energy. Yeah, for sure. Almost kind of, like, naive, a little mm-hmm. bit, like, I'll Which do anything whole- to have this job. For real, which was the whole first movie, basically. So that was, like, the vibes that I got. Yeah. And then, let's see. My notes look kind of all over the place. I don't know why, because I literally (laughs) just watched the movie from beginning to end. Um, Oh, so then after that, she goes to, she has her first day at work. Everybody loves her. Everybody thinks she's super great, because even though she's, like, kind of quiet and mousy and awkward... For whatever reason, there's just like this weird draw to her that only millionaire hot men just have to have her, even though she's like very plain and very quiet. Yeah. So she goes from her first day at work when everybody's very impressed with her to her, her like Hispanic friend Jose's photo gallery opening. Mm -hmm. And we remember Jose from the first movie because he is super in love with her love with and her. hate yes. Christian. Yeah. And yes. we, we remember, we remember that he's in love with her because as soon as she gets to the photo gallery, <laughs> the entire gallery is just ginormous. The pictures of her like larger than life of photos of her. Yeah. Yeah. And like all, all the photos, not just like one. Like, the entire gallery is just full of photos of her. And, like, photos that she, like, photos that she, like, never gave him permission to put in his, like, big giant exhibit. Yeah. So, we're looking at all these photos. She's, like, mortified that they're all over the wall. And he's, like, well, I guess somebody likes them because somebody literally bought every single one of them. And I immediately was, like, God, what a fucking weirdo. Like, you broke up. <laughs> you broke up. But I just need 17 photos of you that are six feet tall to put in my apartment. Yeah. 
they're probably like all go in his bedroom too where he can just yeah. look at them all the yeah. time so there's this awkward scene where he's like well apparently somebody liked them because somebody just bought all of them and then immediately christian gray comes around the corner yeah and, and she knows immediately too yeah. yeah 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 so he clearly has been following her and in the very classic like pathetic ex-boyfriend fashion he wants to he wants to get dinner and talk about their relationship so it's very obvious that he wants to get back together and it's very obvious that she like pretends she doesn't want to get back together but like obviously they're going to get back together yeah um, there wouldn't be a movie so, if she didn't for real so they go to this fancy they go to this fancy restaurant and he tries to order for her and she gets pissed because she doesn't want him to order for her. And it's just the same power struggle of like, he wants, he wants to do everything for her and not everybody wants to live his like psycho lifestyle. Yeah. But she finally agrees to get back together with him if he like communicates better. And so this is when he goes into like, the scene from the beginning of the movie where he talks about how his birth mom was a crack addict and how he was abused and how he ended up being adopted by his like super rich family. So we know that like the first few years of his childhood were really bad. And now he is rich and famous and, and does whatever he wants. Yes. Which did we learn for some reason? I thought I knew that the mom was a crack addict. Did we learn that in the first movie? Yeah, because okay. there's a scene in the first there's a scene in the first movie where she's like literally sleeping and then he goes into the room where he's sleeping where she's sleeping and tells this entire story even though she's yes. like not mm-hmm. conscious and can't hear him. So he like told told the viewers this whole story, but she doesn't know until until the second movie. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Yeah. 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 So they decide while they're at dinner, they're going to get back together. They're not going to have a a contract, quote unquote, like they're going to have a regular relationship and they're going to date and have have a great time. And he drops him off at he drops Anna off at her apartment and gives her this big, giant gift box. And for the second time in two movies (laughs) has now bought her a new MacBook and a brand new iPhone. Because he also yes. bought her both of those things in the first movie. So now in the yep. second movie, he bought her another new MacBook, which is literally like this movie takes place like three months after the first movie. Like she has had her yeah. had the other MacBook for less than a year. And he has already bought her a new one. There's probably it's probably not even like a new generation of iPhone. It's just literally the, same. the exact same one. Just just newer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so he gets her all this new stuff because now they're now they're dating again and everything's going everything's going really well so we go back to anna and she's at her new fancy job with her fancy boss who clearly has the hot for her and he mm-hmm. invites her he invites her and everybody else to get drinks together after work yes and this is well the hr lady like came to say hi to Anna. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but then the HR lady gets like a weird look, like she knows it's a bad idea or something. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? 
Yeah, like she either knows it's a bad idea or she knows that like maybe Jack Hyde has like has like a whole history of sleeping with his assistants mm-hmm. kind of deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's very clear that like the other people in the office sort of know what his deal is. So they're going down, they're going downstairs. She's agreed to go to happy hour with him. And they get downstairs. And this, like, strange kind of raggedy-looking girl calls Anna, like, by her name and wants to talk to her. And Anna doesn't know who she is. And we don't get to learn who she is because Jack Hyde, like, whisked her away to go get drinks. And as soon as we get to the bar, we find out that he actually has not invited anybody else. He's only invited Anna. He has like he claims that they're coming later, but it's very clear that he didn't invite anybody else. Like he only wants to hang out with her. He yeah. is very like he obviously is like attracted to her. No one else is coming. So they get beers and within like five seconds of mm-hmm. them drinking beer, Christian shows up and is immediately like, No, fuck you. Like this is my girlfriend. You you don't even get to talk to her. So then they just like immediately leave. And Jack Hyde makes it tries to make it really awkward by calling him Chris, which is like apparently the worst, most offensive thing anybody has ever done. Yeah, the second he said it, you saw Anna's face like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like trying to be very offensive by like calling him the shorter version of his name. Like that's the most insulting thing you can do to a man <laughs> to make them feel less masculine but so they go away and they decide that they're gonna cook dinner together at home which can't ever be just cooking dinner together at home because there's like all of this weird sexual tension and she keeps like she keeps like moving her entire body in his way yeah she's definitely baiting him yeah and then pretending like she didn't do anything um Let's see. So he's asking her about her new job and he starts asking her all of these like really awkward businessy questions like, is it a nice area? Like, is it well managed? Do people seem happy? And she figures out that he is just planning to buy the entire company that she works for. Yeah, which is a very Christian Grey move. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I can't live I just can't even like there's so many things that <laughs> I just like there's so much like stupid bullshit like I have more money than God actions that's like I want to watch over you so I'm going to buy your whole multi-million dollar company that you're a lowly assistant for. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just like, like literally it's like the the highest like it's like the billionaire version of just having no chill. Like you yes. just can't. Like, like you if just, you uh, if you think you want to have a job, I'm still going to control even that. Yeah. So they start to get, they start to get into like an argument and then, and then like every argument they're ever in, it just magically ends. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're fighting, they're fighting every time they fight, then they just have sex. So that's exactly what happens. So then this is the first. Yeah. So when we immediately they're fighting and then they just decide they're going to have sex instead. So we have the first sex scene of this movie, which, I thought it being a sequel, it was going to be, like, like less. But I'm, like, mm-hmm. 99. I don't remember totally watching the first one. 
but 99% sure there's more sex in this movie than there was in the first movie. What just happened? Oh no, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Something weird happened on Brandon's computer. Um, I agree that there was more sex in this movie, I think, but I think that it wasn't as I don't know if aggressive is the right word. It wasn't as like in your face as the first one. Yeah, it was like less in your face, but it also felt like there was more of it. It also felt like it was almost more in my face because it wasn't like the classic like <laughs> blind like it wasn't like the classic like BDSM like they were like trying to convince you that that was like a draw to 50 shades of gray. It was yeah. very intimate to the point that it was like really invasive. Like this yeah. the first the first sex scene I was like I feel like I am literally like watching like invading, it invading I feel like yeah. I'm invading somebody's privacy like I do not feel like they acted this out for me to watch like I literally felt like I was in somebody's like very private like it wasn't it wasn't like the fun like supposed to be like the fun yeah. raunchy wild ride of the first one like it was very much like meant to be like softer and then I just felt even more weird afterwards and it was yeah very I, cringy yeah. The one note that I like took after the first sex scene, I was like, it's no wonder they like talk about how Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan like weren't friends after filming these movies. Like they didn't have like a very great relationship. Like I could see why. Like it's very mm-hmm. much like you have to spend, you don't know each other that well. And then you have to spend so much time doing this shit. Yeah. That I would just be like, okay, well then let's just never talk. Like let's take our billion dollars and never talk to each other again and go on our way. Like, yeah, like never think about how uncomfortable this was yeah. again. Um, let's see. So there's our first sex scene, and then they're in her apartment, which I didn't realize. Um yes. and they're sleeping, they're in the middle of the night, they're sleeping in her apartment. And in the background of them sleeping, you can see the fucking girl from the 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 girl that like tried to pull Anna off the street. Oh yeah. She's like in the apartment watching them while they slept. This is another thing that makes me think it was like trying to be a thriller. Like, yeah, she's someone's just standing there. And it was only for like a split second. Like I was typing a quote and like missed the whole thing. Brandon had to like tell me like the girl was just there. Mm -hmm. And I immediately was like, is this like a is this like a weird like psychological thing? Like, is she like it's so fast. I was like, is she not actually there? Like, is it? Like, is someone, is someone, like, trying to make it, like, is it, like, ghostly now or something? Yeah. I wasn't sure. No, for a second, I, at first, I was, like, I thought maybe it was, like, Anastasia, like, remembering her young self or something. You know, like, something creepy like that, like, haunting herself. I don't know. It was so weird. hmm Yeah. Yeah. So, it, like, okay, let me see. Oh, so at this point, they are arguing about something again, and they, like, wake up from the morning. They're already arguing about something else. I think it's about money, because doesn't he, like, just give her $24,000? Yeah, 
Yeah, for some reason she had a check for someone and then was like, here, take this check back, like the person's gone or something. And he was like, just keep it for yourself. And then she rips it up and then he calls the bank and is just like, transfer $24,000 to Anastasia's account. And then she freaks out because how does he have her bank information? I did write a whole nother fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the whole nother fight and they find out that there's also and there's all just there's all sorts of weird stuff that we find out going on. She makes a mention of that girl and mm-hmm. he's like, OK, well, we'll talk about it later, but not right now, because right now you have to go get your hair done to go to the ball. My parents are throwing yes. because his, his parents yes. are throwing a charity ball because that's just something so, casual that they do. Yeah. And you yeah. invite people so day want- of. Yeah, the day of you give them no time to prepare. Yeah, you give them absolutely no no for notice at all. So, oh my god, I have dropped my phone like six times already. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. So, they go to a salon because apparently she has to have an entirely new hairstyle for this ball. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know, I don't know. Clearly, I don't understand. I don't understand the need. To get ready for a ball. But anyway, so they go to the salon and she immediately realizes as soon as they're at the salon that it is owned by Mrs. Robinson, a.k.a. Elena, who is the lady who taught Christian everything he knows about about having weird, weird, kinky sex. So she's immediately pissed and she's like, I'm not. I'm not going to get my hair done here. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I don't want to be around your weird, like, old lady friend who, like, sexually assaulted you because you were having sex when she was, like, she's old. Like, they were having She's really old. When he was, like, 15 and they were having sex. Yeah. Super, super awkward. Super, like, like, the only one who seems to understand that it's fucked up is Anastasia. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's just it's like this weird, like everybody else just thinks it's all fine. And she's like literally in the parallel universe of like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? So they're not going to that salon. And then we finally learn what the what the story is with the strange girl on the street and the strange girl in in Anna's apartment while they're sleeping. So apparently her name is Layla. And. And she was his submissive at at some point and really wanted to like have an actual relationship. And Christian didn't want that. So they broke up and she got married and he thought everything was like hunky dory and she was out of his life. And then her husband died in a car crash and she had a whole breakdown and showed up in his apartment when he and Anna were dating, but he wasn't there. And tried to, like, attempt suicide in front of his housekeeper. Yes. Which, this is one of the wild plot lines that I was like, was this really necessary? Like, very, and it's very, like, we find all this out, we find all this out not through Christian just, like, telling the story. Like, he's not just talking about her and it's this whole casual thing. We find this all out because you go into Christian's office and he opens a file cabinet. And there's just a file on every yeah. woman he's ever slept with. And, like, pictures of them when they're, like, just walking on the street. And, like, their fucking birth certificate and social security number. Like, yes. very, like, FBI background check shit. Just mm-hmm. to make sure that, should I sleep with this girl or not? Like, very... Yeah. 
And he like doesn't see anything wrong with it. Like he tells Anastasia he has one drawn up on like every potential girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then very she, creepy. Like, she, she looks at her own and she's mad for like five seconds and then gets over it, even though it's very like she opens her file and literally it's like her birth certificate, her social security card, her bank information, like hundreds yeah. of pictures of her just walking down the street, like very invasive like things that like obviously you had to like dig in order to find like you had to contact somebody to get into her private information to get copies of yeah so very awkward and so she's mad for five seconds and then he he makes her unmad because he hired somebody to come in and do her hair for the ball and brought like 75 different million dollar ball gowns into his apartment for her to pick from yeah she just gets to take her pick of like ball gowns that we could never even imagine wearing and there's just like a hundred of them there yeah like a whole it just is like its own whole store so she gets to pick out whatever one she wants so it flashes to her getting ready and she's wearing like like a super super irrational amount of like straps and lingerie like literally yes. she's like she's like 100 pounds of dripping wet like she doesn't need 18 different kinds of straps to hold it all in like just fucking put on the dress like it's not <laughs> yeah no and I pointed out to Brandon I was like this lingerie like would never work under a ball gown like you would just see all of it there was like straps on her shoulders and stuff and I was like her dress yeah. is obviously gonna be strapless it's a ball gown like this yeah. would never work <laughs> And then she wears this, like, super, super form-fitting, like, silver satin dress that it's obvious she, like, was never going to wear all of those things under. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So she's getting ready, and she has all this unnecessary amount of lingerie on. So then there's, like, a weird, weird, like, awkward sex toy scene where he, like, put something like inside of her and she's really she's like really uncomfortable i was really uncomfortable it was yeah obviously really uncomfortable very uncomfortable lucas was watching lucas was watching basketball and i like kept looking over to like see if he was paying attention and i was like just don't be paying attention like this is just not the time for you the the whole time me and brandon were trying to decide like what they were and like what he was gonna do with them and we we like thought for sure he was like putting them in her butt. So like, that's what so did she as she was she like, was yeah. and then he was so we were like set and then she was like do you like put it in my she was like you're not putting that in my butt or whatever and he was like you don't and then we were like what's he gonna do with them and then <laughs> you have to watch the whole scene of her bending over and it's just a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I kept looking over because I was like, oh my god, this is just just watch the basketball game. Like, this is not a conversation you could, that I want to have with you. Don't look at the TV right now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they go to the ball, and she has whatever these weird things are, and they don't really like make that big of a deal out of it. Mm-mm. But then they're at this ball. And the ball is to, like, rescue kids from drug addict parents. So it's obvious that, like, that's the whole point. Like, they did that for Christian. They, like, adopted yeah. him from, like, a bad situation. And then they're having this, like, auction. 
and Anna spends all of the money that he like put into her account to buy like a weekend in Aspen, even though it's literally his fucking house. She could go for free. <laughs> yeah. Like she but spent $24,000 for them to go to the home that he literally yeah. owns. And she does it just like as like a fuck you to Christian, like because she was so mad about getting the money in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she gives away the money that he gave her. And then, and then obviously, like I said, this is the whole thing. He's like, he's like sort of annoyed that she gave away the money that he gave her. And so instead of fighting about it, <laughs> they go up to his childhood bedroom and have sex. So this is the second sex scene. Yes. And we're literally like not that far into the movie. So they have they have the sex scene, they have this whole thing and I literally forgot that they were at like his parents' house like in the middle of a party. Yeah. So all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, it's time to go back downstairs." And I was like, "Oh shit, you guys are like you guys are supposed to be doing something. Like you're at a function." So they go back downstairs and on the stairs, there's some rant. Oh, it's a mask ball. I forgot. Yes, okay. masquerade. The masquerade ball. So they're going back downstairs. And as you go back downstairs, you see like this random stranger like taking pictures of all of the family pictures on their stairwell. And yeah, and he he's in a mask, so you can't tell like who yeah. it is. Like you can't tell who like you can't tell, but it's like it's obviously Jack Hyde. Like there are two like adverse characters in the movie and one's a girl and one's a boy so if it's like something creepy is going on and it's either a boy or a girl like you probably know who it is yeah so they're they're back at their ball and they're hanging out and anna runs into uh elena the lady who like taught christian Mm -hmm. everything that he knows about his weird fucked up lifestyle (laughs) and Elena goes on this whole rant about how she thinks that Anna can't give Christian what he wants because she's too independent and she just needs to leave leave Christian alone <laughs> so that he can find some pathetic woman who will be obedient to him and that Anna obviously just can't give him what he wants. Mm-hmm. And it's very gross and very it, like it really gives off the vibe that like she's in love with him. Like she doesn't like, want, still, yeah. She like would rather have him like have just like a random girl that he like does whatever he wants to because it means that like he still like she, he still loves her like more than he loves whoever he's like actively yes. sleeping with. But it's like if he is with Anna, then she's like threatened because it's clear that he like might actually love Anna. Yes. So it's very like. Very like territorial and awkward and and fucked up and just like everything yeah. else in this movie. Territorial and awkward and fucked up and that's my yeah. entire <laughs> good description. Good description. But yeah, so they have a ball and they finally go home and they get into his big giant parking garage where he has eight billion cars and something is clearly going on because they've told Anna that she's not allowed to get out of the car. And because she doesn't, she just ignores everything everybody says all the time. And that's like her whole character. She just gets out of the car anyway. And they walk over and her car in the parking garage has just been like destroyed. 
Like it literally looks like somebody hit it with a tank, which is super confusing because the whole thing is like one girl crashed her car, but it's like literally looks like it has been mauled by a bear. Like it does not yeah. make sense that this like tiny little pathetic girl who's apparently having like a mental breakdown has like to- somehow totaled Anna's car with her own two hands. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was very like the amount of damage was very unnecessary like it was not uh it was not like one (coughs) one person affecting this car so yeah they're apparently apparently she was never supposed to be able to get into the parking garage so now they're convinced that she's hiding in his apartment so they can't stay in his apartment so where do they go christian's massive yacht yeah Casually, they just go to a boat that's manned 24-7. Yeah, so that's the safest place for them to stay. Um, Let's see. So they're staying on it, and then the next morning they decide to go, oh, it's not a yacht, it's a sailboat, but whatever. They go out to sail the boat, and you find out while they're sailing the boat that he, uh, he apparently built it. Yes, I do remember that, yep. The size of my entire apartment building times seven. And he just apparently casually with a few other people built the entire sailboat. Yeah. And it's like, it's a really nice sailboat. Like, it's not just like something he built in his backyard. Like, it's like something you would buy. And it has like living quarters and all different. Yeah. Yeah. A rainfall shower, like. No, yeah. you didn't build it. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. So, yeah. So this is where they're staying now because they can't safely stay in his apartment. So they're staying on his sailboat. But now that they've had their ball and they're safe on their sailboat, now Anna has to go back to work. And all of a sudden, now that her boss knows that she's dating Christian Gray, now he's just like the biggest, like, ginormous asshole in the entire universe. Yeah, super rude. Super rude, and he like is pissed because he is going to New York, and apparently she was supposed to come with him. But even though she never knew she was supposed to come with him, she was just supposed to like assume. So he's like pissed that she doesn't have her hotel room, even though he like never told her she was going. So yeah, very much like like very awkward, like jealous, territorial, like not not. Uh, the appropriate like oh you're my assistant like you were supposed to come with me like maybe just get a hotel room because you were supposed to come with me like sorry I didn't tell you more of a like oh like oh you forgot maybe you forgot because you were you were like fucking your boyfriend or something like very awesome, yeah like very like non-connected things too yeah yeah But yeah, so oh my gosh, this the I always I feel bad like trying to explain everything that's going on in this movie because it just keeps bouncing in like eighteen million different directions. Like it's hard yeah. to like understand the plot because there's like seven minor plot lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all just bounce back and forth. Bounced all over the place. Um, let's see. So she had a shitty, shitty time at work and she goes home and Christian's doing something. 
And so she goes into the red room because it's unlocked. So this is the first time we've seen seen the the red room of pain in the second movie. So yes. she goes in and she's just browsing. And my note from her browsing the red room because they just show you like all these sort of different things is I wrote down, I don't know, I feel like a lot of this shit all does the same thing. Like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff in there that, like, all has the same purpose. Like, yes. you do not need, like, that, that is such a big space. Like, you could not possibly need all 5,000 tools that are in there for something different. Like, you really could have minimized the amount of shit that you put in that room mm-hmm. for the same I think that he needs to like Marie Kondo the room is what I'm saying. Cause there's two yes. things that I'm like, like, okay, well that does the same thing. That does the same thing. You have 17 of those. Like, I don't know why you need, like, <laughs> there's just, a, there's a, it was a, a maximalist lifestyle only in that room. Yeah. So now we're, now we're on sex scene three, because obviously if she's visiting that room, we're definitely headed towards the sex scene. Yeah. And this is like the first, first like scene that kind of goes back to the first movie that I didn't feel like I was like invading somebody's privacy by watching because it's very much like an acted out scene Mm -hmm. um but as soon as they are done with their sex scene oh that's right just like all the other sex scenes they were fighting before this one because he didn't want her to go to New York and she said she was going so they had sex about it and then decided at the end that they would just go together so that she wouldn't have to go with her boss. Yes. This is also the first sex scene where they use something from the red room, right? Because they have that little leg spreader thing. Yeah, that was also, I also wrote a note about that one where I said she looked at that thing and didn't realize that that's what it did because she's the dumbest person on the face of the earth. Like you couldn't have, just like you couldn't have put two in like there was no no detective work involved yeah you looked at it and you just didn't know like it's very obvious (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so they decide so sex scene three that's what their fight was about this time this time it was about going to new york and she decides Mm -hmm. she's not gonna go with her boss so she goes back to work the next day to tell him she's not going with him to new york and he like pulls her into the office and everybody else is gone. And yeah. And she's still, well, she's still being very naive too, like, like apologizing, like thinks she's just going in the office to like get in trouble because she's not going to New York. Like yeah. she doesn't think like, oh, nobody is in the office right now. And this guy's creepy. Maybe I shouldn't go in there. Yeah. Like she very has like, no, she has like none of the like, stranger danger that like the average five-year-old usually has like she just has no no self-preservation at all yeah she yeah so she goes in there by herself and he like is immediately like talking about her like going the extra mile and it's like obviously very like sleazy Mm -hmm. and um she's like trying to leave and he immediately like like jumps her like gets in her face and like pins her against the wall and says all sorts of really really like gross things that I didn't even write down as quotes because I was like I don't want to read these out loud no it's it's super gross yeah 
like very sleazy and she like gets away from him she like knees him between the legs and like kicks him while he's on the ground and runs yeah away. so she gets away and christian has like been downstairs waiting for her the whole time which that i thought was really like weird because usually if she's like 5.2 seconds longer than he thinks she should be taking then I, I like super expected him to just like march up there. I thought for sure he was going to show up in the office and like beat the guy. Like, because you're right. Like he would have gone up there because in her text it said, okay, just two minutes. And if it had mm-hmm. been longer than two minutes, like he, sh- he would have been up there. It was like, the it was like kind of un like not in keeping with the rest of the film because he like yeah. is the knight in shining armor in every single scene and it was like the one time she was like sort of independent not like yes super wasn't expecting it at all but she gets out they go back to christian's apartment because they're not staying on the boat anymore and um christian immediately gets jack fired and then asks anna to move in mm-hmm. which is like so very also- random. <laughs> Yeah, like they started. Well, they started. I didn't. They start dating literally like four days ago. Like they got yeah. back together. Like this. Like this movie doesn't like span a big amount of time. Like it's. No. It literally felt like it'd been like three days. Yeah, very fast. And then so she says that she'll probably do it, and then goes back to work the next day, and just gets Jack job. Like, she was, like, the brand new assistant, and then they just decide that she should be, like, the head of the whole fucking company, even though she's been there for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, it was very weird. And I have a quote from Brandon for for this scene later, but it was just, like, okay, like, you're an assistant. You must know everything he does. Like, here, Mm -hmm. be, be the CEO. (sighs) Yeah, literally, like, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's it's no. outrageous. But yeah, what, what did Lucas just text me? You should talk about Nicole Kidman. Um, yeah, maybe we'll see. She's but, yeah, probably so, locked up in Christian's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, so she's the boss. So now they have to have dinner to celebrate her being the new boss, and. They, oh, she still hasn't decided if she's moving in. So that's what they're like. They're weird. Conver- that's what, yeah. They're having a conversation about whether or not she should move in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they have, it's not actual sex, but it's sex-ish in public, in the elevator. Oh, in yep. Mm-hmm. the elevator full of people. Full of people. And I feel like, like when, like... <laughs> I hate talking about this. It's so cringy. Okay, but when he's like... <laughs> I can't even. Okay. Anyways, she's like moaning, and I feel like it's full of people. There's like they so should have heard her. Have, like, no, it was not secretive. It was not, no, not discreet. <laughs> not even a little bit discreet. Everybody knew. I'm glad we could have this conversation, that they made it look like nobody was even... Like, no, everybody fucking knew. Everybody noticed. Everybody yeah. knew. I'm glad we can have that talk because I felt the same way. Where I was like, no, there are like, this in, no, absolutely not. Like the girl is like, like they're so packed in there. They're like basically touching. Like there's no way she didn't know what was happening. Absolutely. 
No, I agree. And I thought that the whole time where I was like, yeah, like none of you have headphones in. There's no elevator music. Like nobody's talking. Yeah, yeah, no one fucking felt- bends down. No one fucking bends down to tie their shoe in the middle of an elevator. Like, no, it doesn't happen. Everybody knows what's going on. They're just pretending they don't. That's the. Whole- <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm glad you agree. Because yeah. it felt very weird. Yeah. So we have so we have that going on, and then we jump forward to our um our first. there's like three different like climactic moments in this movie Mm -hmm. i guess i guess jack like jumping in and getting fired is first one so maybe this is the second one so now we have our second like there's like no major plot line there's just seven minor plot lines and they all have to get resolved by the end of the movie yes so the second minor plot line is is layla and the like strange girl on the street who keeps showing up and they're convinced this crazy has trash on his car this that and the other thing so Christian and Anna are together. Anna says she has to go up to her apartment to grab something, but she says she can go alone, which is complete, again, complete bullshit from the rest of the movie because yes. they've gone 17, they've gone all these places together. And every time they go somewhere together, there's like 18 bodyguards with them. But then all of a sudden, Anna needs to go somewhere by herself and it's just thought. Like she's yeah, like, he's like, oh yeah, go by yourself. He would never just, stay downstairs and wait for her to go in her apartment yeah yeah so she goes up there she grabs whatever she's grabbing and then she turns around and there's Layla and she's going on she immediately starts talking to Anna about how like what do you have that I don't have like why does he actually sleep in your bed like why does he actually let you call like very like makes you like you always think christian gray is icky but it's very much like the first moment where you're like wow you're fucking gross like you're a gross person yeah and so they're having this conversation and then anna's like trying to like talk her down and she pulls out this little teeny like (laughs) western handgun yeah and i was like oh shit like okay probably no big deal and then within like four seconds just like shoots at the ceiling yeah i didn't think she was actually going to shoot it which like she didn't shoot it at anna but she still pulled the trigger Mm -hmm. yeah so she like within like four seconds of holding on to the gun has shot the gun which i was like shocked by because i was yeah i was like whatever this is the like this movie's super dumb like she like no way and then immediately just shot it but um so christian comes up the stairs with his like driver taylor whatever guy yeah and uh like immediately like she's holding a fucking gun and immediately just like tells her to kneel down and she just does it and yeah, he just takes just, the gun yeah just like, immediately like snaps out of it like oh my god you're giving me a command to let me follow it right now i'm completely in love with you like creepy and he, like, doesn't even have to say any words either. He, it's, like, all hand gestures. Like, he just, yeah. like, does... I don't know if you've seen the Netflix show. It's Bruno. But he does the little, like, hand thing that the guy does for his dog to sit. And she just kneels down. It's very creepy. It's a, 
it was super uncomfortable. My my note, I didn't actually ever explain what happened in this part of my notes. I just said, ew, what the fuck? And that yes. was my entire note. Yeah. That was it. So she they talk about oh, so all this happens and she like walks all the way back to his apartment. And so they're having this big argument about like you're a psycho. Like I don't think we can stay together, this, that, and the other thing. And he like yeah. admits like like every woman I've ever like done this to looks exactly like my mom and I like get off punishing them as like revenge on my mom, which then I was like, yeah, even grosser. Disgusting. Disgusting. So, so we finally find out like the real psychological weirdness of like who he is and why he is who he is. And as usual, she's alarmed by this for five seconds and then (laughs) and then they're just fine and they just go to bed this time they don't have sex they just go to bed but then in the middle of the night he has like a whole traumatic nightmare oh yeah she's she like gets up for some reason and like is on the porch right just like Mm -hmm. looking outside yeah and then hears him having this nightmare like runs in Mm-hmm. and then she wakes him up and she's like you're fine and then because she does one nice thing for him ever he asks her to marry him because she woke him up from a bad dream and that was it <laughs> that was all it took if only it was that easy in the real world yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he asks her to marry him and she just doesn't give him an answer because the next day he brings it up again and she still doesn't give him an answer and then you find out that apparently his birthday is like the next day. Yeah, but he doesn't tell her. She finds out from like the sister or something. Yeah. And they're throwing this big giant party. So apparently it's going to be his birthday. And, and he just wasn't going to mention it. Yeah, he just like wasn't <laughs> going to mention it. Like he called, he called, also called to tell her that he was just like leaving for three days. Hadn't mentioned. Yeah. Okay. But like, I know it's Christian Gray, but I was like, you just told her she can't go to New York and now you get to leave. Like, what? You're just Which, like, yeah. I get it, but. And then literally, like, the entire thing with like, you almost just like got her killed because some psycho girl that you used to sleep with still loves you. And then now you're just going to leave for three days and you're just yeah. going to leave her alone. Yeah, I also thought about that. Like, she's just going to be alone for three days now. Well, there's, like, multiple people trying to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's clear that, like, we still have, like, one more, like, climactic moment coming. So, we've gotten through these two. So, he says he's going to Portland and all these things are, like, fine. And she's just, like, ready to, um... Oh, my God. Sorry. Ready to go to his birthday party and have everything be fine. She hasn't told him whether or not she's going to marry him. And she's hanging out with her friends, getting drinks, and they're asking her how things are going with Christian. And then, like, four seconds into them hanging out, they find out that Christian's helicopter, Christian, the master helicopter pilot, yeah, has disappeared, and he just is nowhere to be found. Yeah, and you see, like, in the movie, they show you the scene of them 
like crashing in the helicopter mm-hmm. and it's just like so dramatic i don't know i was laughing the like time. all the all the like sirens in the helicopter is like going in 18,000 different directions like yeah and but it's somehow... like of course like something has to happen like he has to disappear yeah there has to be one more moment so then they're they're all at christian's apartment and they're all sitting there watching the news and it's like anna and all of her friends and christian's parents and this that and the other thing and they're all there and watching the news and anna's all regretful because she never told him she would marry him and this that and the other thing and then within like seconds on the news they're like oh everybody's fine everybody's been found safe and then instead of it like flashing to like an interview with christian like being found safe he just fucking walks through the door of the apartment yeah which i was also like of course christian gray gets to crash a helicopter and be fine and just like walk home like it's nothing he's just like like, dirty yes he has like one blood mark on his forehead and that's it yeah hasn't called anybody just walked in into his apartment and then he's like like, why are you all here yeah the whole thing is like well i lost my phone and i'm like nobody nobody gave you a phone like nobody had a phone (laughs) Like you, you just left. No one had any access to any technology to be able to let your family know that you were alive. No, I just was like, this is the dumbest thing in the whole world. Yeah. So, yeah. Another wild so, plot line. Yeah. So we get there. Everybody finds out he's alive, mm-hmm. and they finally leave, and everybody's like crying, and it's all tearful. And then within seconds. Anna tells him that she'll marry him. So it's like this big, cute moment. And then yeah. because because he almost died and we, we have to recognize the value of being alive. There's another sex scene. Obviously. Yes. So they go into his like red room. And the only note that I took for the entire scene is that I was really, really disturbed by the fact that he used literally like an entire bottle of massage oil yeah which she is dripping yeah way too much yeah yeah and must have been so (laughs) slippery (laughs) imagine trying to have to wash it off after yeah (laughs) all i could think about was like oh my god she's literally it is just like pouring. I was oh my god. That was the only note that I took the entire time. I didn't really yeah. take notes on any of them because I was like I felt weird taking notes. I just marked down that they happened. But I yeah. was like, wow, that's like the entire bottle. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I don't know. It's like the first sex scene in the red room, and it's still like very. It's not like red room sex. So much more like subdued than in the last movie. Like it's clear that like they almost maybe got like like even though that was the point of the first movie, people were like so unprepared to see like like anything that raunchy that they like just dialed it back for the second one. Yes. But yes, so they had all of them or were there six? Oh, there were only five sex so we made it through all the six. Oh good. Yeah. So now that they now that they have affirmed that they're all alive and they're really <laughs> excited to still be alive, they get to go to his birthday party, which is literally I swear to God, this movie takes 
place in the span of like fucking a week. Like yes, it's so, so fast. much shit happens so fast. Yeah, because this is the next day, and now it's his birthday. So they're at the birthday party, and they announce that they're engaged. And immediately when they announce that they're engaged, now we're on our fourth, our fourth major climax. Mm-hmm. They announce that they're engaged, and Elena, the like old lady who taught Christian how to have sex, she is obviously like fucking pissed. Like, he announces that they're engaged, and she literally just storms out of the room. Yes. And for something coming up later, I think it's very important to note that Elena is, like, one of Christian's mom's friends. Like, they make that very apparent. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, why are you at this party? Yeah, and Christian's mom, like, goes up to Anna, and she's like, oh, have you met my friend Elena? She's, like, my best friend ever. And yeah, uh, Anna's like, no, we've we've very much met, but like, doesn't explain why. Yeah, but it just makes it like even creepier that it's like he's, I don't know, it's like your friend's son that you're like, yeah, I don't know, it's just weird. Super weird. Yeah. So they like we find out that like the background goes for he just didn't meet her randomly, like he was friends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So she's obviously pissed, and then we like get to this scene where Anna like is taking a minute to herself because there's like all these people at this party and it's like very like busy and Elena shows up like comes into this moment where Anna is sitting by herself and starts like like yelling at her about how she doesn't actually love him she just wants him for his money and she's gonna make sure Kristen Christian knows that like he can't marry Anna and that she's all wrong for him and that she's this big like selfish lying crazy person and meanwhile Christian's mom is in the background no wait I'm wrong Christian comes in first right yeah so Christian comes in there's all sorts of weird threads going on I know so she like Anna gets pissed and throws her drink in Elena's face and, and Christian, Christian comes in up. like yeah. right and sees that happen mm-hmm. which I thought he was going to get mad at Anna but he didn't I did too I did too but he like immediately defends Anna and then we yeah. have we could save it for quotes but it's my favorite lo- it's my favorite <laughs> stupid line of the movie where it's like Elena you taught me how to fuck but Anna taught me how to love and that whole line Christian's mom is in the background when he says that line. So he realizes that like they were having sex. Like that was the first person Christian had sex with. And so the minute Grace figures that out, she's like, oh my God, get the fuck out of my house. Like you're the grossest person. (laughs) Yeah. And she slaps Elena, which I loved. Yes. Yes. Like get the fuck out. Yeah. So Elena gets kicked out. And so we finally get our like last, like big big climax of the movie like the benediction of like yep jack hyde gets fired like layla finally is like gone and then elena is finally gone so you have like you have like your three enemies are like now out of the picture so you think everything's fine and then you have like the very cute happy ending of him proposing to her in this like cool greenhouse something yeah they went to like they went down it feels like it was like a pool house because you know rich people have those but there was like flowers everywhere 
And then, yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was, like, also in the middle of the party that they just, like, left. Yeah, Yeah. so he gives, like, an official proposal and gives her a ring, and then there's fireworks, and you think it's, like, this very cute, happy ending. And then while the fireworks are going off, it, like, cuts back to, like, the very end is this, like, cut back to, like, across the water. Um, yeah, Jack of Jack Hyde standing there alone in the dark, burning a picture of Christian and his family. Yeah, and then that's the end. Which I'm curious to see how it will like tie into the third movie. Yeah, so but, like very, very much ends on a cliffhanger. Like, yeah. So you you like kind of got the satisfaction of like Jack Hyde getting fired, but it's like obviously he's coming back because it's ending on a cliffhanger, and he like is still milling around and like creeping on them. So, but you'll have to wait another year to find out what happened (laughs) because that will be next April's episode. Yes. Yeah. And that is our movie. The end. Yay. Ever. We did it. So, okay. We got through our movie. So we'll take a very, very quick break and then do our, our quotes, ratings and reviews. Okay. So I was thinking, tonight might be more stimulating if you wore these. How how am I supposed to wear those? Well, you have to get them wet first. Curious. Putting those in my butt. <laughs> they don't go in your butt. Okay, we took our five second break. Yay! I didn't talk okay. this time. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to. Oh, I gotta go. Quit. I gotta go get my quotes. I never like write them in one place. So I just have to come back and write them. I typed um, mine on my phone. Oh my God, I have so okay. many. Oh my um, God. That's good because I feel like I have. Do you want to? Do you want to go like back and forth, or do you want me to do all of mine? Um, we can go back and forth. That's kind of fun. Okay, yeah, let's do that. I have um, fourteen. My, okay, I don't know how many I have. You might have most a few of mine are most of mine are Brandon though. Oh, perfect. He was being um, so over the top. Perfect. My first quote is from Christian Gray, and it's from the photo gallery scene. Okay. When he buys the all of the portraits of Anna, and when she asks him why, he says, I don't like strangers gawking at you. Yeah, it just it made him seem, like, so creepy. He's just so fucking know, weird. So possessive. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, my first one is Brandon. Right away, movie opens like she's answering the door for the flowers. Immediately, he goes, Anastasia Steele is the worst name. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's when I knew I was like, okay, we're going to have to do this the whole fucking movie, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) My my second quote is from Lucas, and it's from when they're at dinner. 
right after the photo gallery scene and he's like trying to get her back and uh christian says i want you to take me back and within seconds lucas goes but what if it was just a musical and he just started singing um i want you back from the jet by the jackson (laughs) oh my god that would have probably made it better (laughs) yeah so he thought it was supposed to be a musical my gosh. Okay. I'm going to do two right now because they are like kind of basically the same quote. Okay. Um, this is back in the gallery scene when she walks in and realizes every picture is of her. She just kind of whispers to herself and she's like, this is like so much of my face in here. <laughs> and then later, like a few seconds later, Jose is like, it says, do you like them? And she doesn't know what to say. She also says they're super large. <laughs> like that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, it's like I don't want to like offend you, but no. Um, uh, my mine is from back when they were at dinner, and she goes on this big speech about like, like, but how can you prove to me that like you don't have this need to dominate people and you don't have this need to do all of these different things. And she goes on this big speech and his entire response is, but I'm working on that. Yes. Like that's, that's every man's (laughs) response ever or anything. (laughs) I'm working on it. Okay. I have another one from Brandon. Um, When Jack, the boss is, just being creepy at one point she's like leaving the office for the day or something uh-huh. and he's just watching her walk away and she's wearing a really like like an office dress you know it's like kind of tight nice like longer whatever mm-hmm. there's like a full body zipper on the back and mm-hmm. um jack's just like staring at her and brandon goes it's her boss checking out that full body zipper that he wants to zip from the bottom up I'm like, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> um, let's see. My next quote. Oh, my next quote is from their first sex scene when they're just about to start having sex, and she looks him dead in the eye and says, "I'm too dressed." <gasps> yes. When that happened, I was like, "Oh no!" Like, oh, if somebody. Oh no! I just was like, it was so cringy so cringy and i was just like i like that's not something you would say i put it i put it in all capital letters (laughs) yes it was so bad i hated it i was so uncomfortable yeah okay Um, your turn okay i don't remember when this happens but I know, I think they they were fighting about something. Um, and Anastasia just says, generally a good part of communication is that both key parties be conscious. Yeah. I <laughs> and I was just fine. like, good rule, usually. Um, my, oh, then my, my next one is from after the first sex scene. Okay. She tells him that she missed, she missed his sense of kinky fuckery. Oh, yep. I had that one, too. I was just like, like, literally when she said that, it was so unprompted. Like, I was not expecting it. And me and Brandon just, like, busted out laughing. Just were dying. It's the most uncomfortable line in the entire. (laughs) Yes. It's so bad. 
Okay. I have one from Anastasia. Once again, they're probably fighting about something. And she said, you want a vanilla relationship, but you need all of those things. And there's like a dramatic pause. And he says, but I need you more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So gross. But I need you more. Um, My next one is from... When she's trying to get him to take back the $24,000 check. And he says, he says, I make that kind of money every 15 minutes. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like another, another way for him to just like let you know how rich he is and how powerful he is. I have have another quote that's that exact same thing. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. I'm gonna do these two again. Uh, two, two again because they're basically the same. They're both Brandon. Um, and it's right when the, (laughs) of course, it's right when they are showing up to the ball. Um, Uh and Christian tells Anastasia like, "Oh, didn't I tell you it was a masquerade ball?" And Brandon just goes, "A masquerade seems like the lamest fucking thing." And and I was like. Okay, fair. And then, like, 10 seconds later, they show Anastasia and her dress and her little coat thing. And he just goes, I don't like her feather thing. She looks like a goose. And it was, like, they're her little, like, shawl thing. I don't know, but I had feathers on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next quote. Oh, similar to my last quote. It was when they're doing the auction. And... um. They're like talking about how he donated like a whole weekend in Aspen, like his home in Aspen, Colorado. And she says, I didn't know you had a home in Aspen. And he said, I have a lot of homes. And that's it. Yeah, he never elaborates. Yeah, it's yeah. Never elaborates. Just as like, yeah, doesn't everybody? Yeah. Um, Okay. let's see. Oh, my next one. I think this is also at the party. I think it's after she donates the $24,000 and is kind of like, fuck you. Um, Christian Gray says, I don't know whether to worship at your feet or spank you. And she says, I think I'll take the second. And then, yeah, anyways, it's just gross. (laughs) Okay. My next one, this is actually my favorite one. And I forgot that I had it because I didn't put it in quotation marks, but I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> um, when she goes into the red room and it's unlocked and she's just like browsing around and he comes in and she's like, it was unlocked. And Christian says, well, I'll have to talk to Grace about that. And Anna was like, oh, does she dust in here? <laughs> yes. She like did not know what to say. But I was kind of wondering that too. I was like, does she have to go in and like clean up after he like has sex yeah. with girls in there? I like, thought it was, I thought it was so fucking. Sweet. <laughs> does she dust in here? Um. Okay. I have. Oh my God, this is my last Brandon one. Um. So it's like she. So they wake up one morning and 
Christian is gone. And so Anastasia is looking for him and Christian is like working out in his home gym because obviously uh-huh. he has a home gym and there, um, he just like goes over to the little pommel horse thing and starts doing his little ab routine. And Brandon just says, okay, go off Christian, show us your pommel horse routine. And then says, honey, can we buy a pommel horse? And then proceeds <laughs> to look up how much they cost. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. Brandon. I love it. Okay. I only have one more. I must have not okay. been paying very much attention to this book, but it's from Lucas. So that works out perfectly. Yes. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the movie, but it was okay. literally in the middle of the, like the big proposal with all the hearts and flowers. And I'm like, actually trying to pay attention because I can tell it's the end of the movie and at the top of his voice Lucas sitting next to me not watching the movie said Alex Gonzaga is getting piss walked and I was like (laughs) I like stared at him and he said it again and I was like Lucas the movie has five minutes left like I'm trying to watch it he's like don't you care (laughs) no (laughs) that's very Lucas in the which I just was like dying because I was like it's in the middle of the proposal and his exact words were oh my god Gonzaga is being pissed swamped and I was like oh my god this is so romantic <laughs> I love it okay my last one is an actual quote from the movie um it's when the sister calls Anastasia to ask what she should get him for his birthday. And this is when Anastasia finds out it's even his birthday. But the sister says, what should I get him for his birthday? A tie? And she's like at a department store. And mm-hmm. Anastasia says, Christian already has a lot of ties, which I just yeah. thought fit really well <laughs> in the movie. Perfect. And that's all. Okay. All right. All right. Out of quotes. Now we're on to the rating. Okay. I'm kind of sad that it's just the two of us because I also I like it when we both get to guess. I'm yes. kind of sad that we both. Okay. But we'll start with Rotten Tomatoes critics meter, which is percentage. So, so bad, probably. Um, I'm I'm gonna guess like 18. You were so close. It was 11. Dang it! I knew it was gonna be really low. Okay, now to Rotten Tomatoes audience. I also feel like it's going to be kind of low. Not that low, but like, I feel like it's only going to be like 55. You're doing so good. You're so close. It's yes. 48. It's 48. I'm killing okay. it. Okay, now the the Metacritic, which is out of 100 still. Okay. Um. Twenty. Thirty-three. Dang it. And then the IMDB user review. Mm, Sixty-four. Forty-six. Dang it. That was, your, that was actually your furthest one. You're super close on all the other ones. Um what would what would you rate this movie? Um, I wish I remembered what I gave number one. But I'm really going to rate this, like, I don't know, like, three. I was going to say, like, 2.5. Yeah. I was I was going back and forth between two and three. Like, I mean, it's entertaining because of how bad it is. But also, like, 
I don't feel like I need to watch it ever again. Well, like the first one, the first one, I feel like I maybe rated a little bit higher because it was like very new. Like it was like something that people like hadn't uh, like really seen before. So it was like, like a very new idea. But then this one is just like awkward. Like the entire one. Yeah. I like I unless like I said I literally felt like I was like groaning quietly (laughs) the entire movie. Yeah, it was just like one big cringe. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with two point five. Okay. What? Wait. Do we say now whether we'd recommend it? No, I have to do all other other reviews first. I'll do those. It's the user reviews, and then it's recommendations. Oh, you're back. What did you say? Me? Yeah, Was you I disappeared. Gone? Yeah. Oh, sad. <laughs> What's well, their user reviews first, and then it, and then recommendations. Okay. 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 I'm determined um, okay. to do this in under two hours, so we gotta I know. go. <laughs> critic reviews. I'll do critic reviews first. This one says Vince Mancini of Uprock acknowledged the film's flaws. But said watching the film was enjoyable, noting narrative sloppiness aside, as an outsider sitting through Fifty Shades Darker was a reasonably diverting experience. Odd, dumb fun made even more fun by an audience that whooped and shouted at the screen during the sex scenes. I didn't really get it, but I enjoyed the feeling of them having fun, though at two hours plus, it's a bit of a slog. Um, I kind of liked also- that review. I did too. Yeah, it was like fun. I didn't really get it, but I enjoyed the feeling that other people got it. Um, Chaos and Collins from The Ringer said, "I'll give Fifty Shades Darker this much at least: the sex scenes are okay." <laughs> <laughs> and then Gary Kramer from Salon said, "Fifty Shades Darker is not darker or better. It's watered down raincoat brigade style erotica, even with the spiced vanilla S and M." I like I l- the, love yeah. the spiced vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I like that review a lot. Yeah, I like that one. The first I liked the critic reviews are actually very funny. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, user reviews, the little songbird from 2007 said, hopefully, as a heterosexual female student in her 20s with a love of film that spreads across all genres and decades, this will come over as a fair assessment of a film that genuinely did nothing for me. Fifty Shades Darker is a small improvement over its predecessor, but not by much. The flaws are still the same, but it's not as it's not quite as irredeemably bad, and at least tries to give some raunchy edge while not exactly succeeding. Two out of ten. It's interesting that she said this one was worse than the. No, did she say this one was yeah worse than the she first said it was a, one? Yeah, yeah. Or did she say better? Anyways, I just I oh well. Yeah, anyways, I feel like we were thinking the opposite. I always wait. Yeah. She thought it was better. Yeah, she thought it was better um, than the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Um, This one's from Snoopy Style, also in 2017. Said, I had low expectations before watching this, and I'm not eager for it. It's either a low bar to clear or a preconceived notion. There is a bit of both. Johnson is a perfectly appealing actress, but she's not allowed to do much. And Dornan continues to be a stiff actor. Despite the promise of the edgy sexual matter, their romance is boring as heck. <laughs> Layla could have been a compelling thriller villain, but she ended up as a secondary plot. The family drama is hinted at, but delivers very little. There's a ridiculously undramatic helicopter crash for very little result. I didn't hate it, but I just found it boring. Four out of ten. 
I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Bevo13678 in 2020 said, the book was heaps better. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't, I didn't see the movie or, oh my God. The book was heaps better. To be honest, I didn't see the movie or read the book, but I preferred not reading the book. Best trilogy <laughs> since Star Wars, 10 out of 10. I love that. Yes. Joe Blow, Did... movie critic. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask if you ever read the books. No, I've never read the books. No, I've like thought about it a couple times and then I'm like, no, I don't need to read these. Like, no, <laughs> I will be fine. <laughs> Uh, Joe Blow, the movie critic, said five out of ten. Continuing with a stellar soundtrack and a sliver more story, Fifty Shades Darker is a rare sequel that outshines its predecessor, which we both disagreed with. Yeah. Um. Okay, three more. Mr. Heracles <laughs> said one of the worst movies I've seen in years. Terrible acting, no plot, and pointless sex scenes. I actually was literally like, oh my god, they literally just put a sex scene every time they're like mm, getting a little dry so we better have a sex. yeah yeah they definitely were just using it to fill the time yeah for real uh letterbox user dan said he bought her an iphone when he has an android green chat bubbles a new form of bdsm punishment <laughs> that's good that is very good uh, Letterbox user Sarah said, "This deserves an award for best comedy." Oh my god, he didn't even spank her properly. And who the fuck has BDSM sex a few hours after they had a helicopter crash and almost died? I'm crying. <laughs> one out of five stars, <laughs> and that was our <laughs> The Letterbox reviews are good. <laughs> and I, who the fuck has BDSM sex <laughs> after they almost died? I love it. <laughs> okay. Would you recommend this movie? Probably not. I feel like I would recommend it to people like you because we could watch it and laugh. Exactly. I was like, but I recommend it to my mom. No. Yeah. But I recommend no. it to my students. No. <laughs> like if somebody just asked me for a movie to watch, I'm never going to tell them this one. <laughs> have you ever heard of the sequel <laughs> no I feel the same way I don't think I would recommend it unless somebody like asked me point blank like what's a really stupid movie that is supposed to be like dramatic but is actually hilarious yeah yeah there's very few scenarios where I would recommend this very niche. It's like a very niche category. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. We did it. We did it. All right. That is our, our second annual April Fool's episode. And Yay. like I said, the movie ends on an extreme cliffhanger. So if you want to know what happens next, you have to wait. So long. <laughs> to wait a whole year. But also in between, you can go back to last year and listen to our first episode. Exactly. <laughs> but all right. We okay. Yay. Another right, one well, down. Yep. Hope everybody enjoyed our episode and come back in, in 12 months for the next one. Yeah. And don't tell. Brandon or Lucas, if you hate it, because we're going to do it anyways. 
correct. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye, Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Movies. If you like the show, please like and follow us on Anchor and any other podcast sites we are located on. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave us comments and reviews on our Instagram and Facebook pages at The Good, The Bad, The Movies. We will be back next week to deep dive into more movies. And remember, if it's it's good good and it's bad, it's it's probably probably the movies. movies.